Ace Podcast. Jonas, son of a bitch. Who is that, honey? Jonas Miller, he's a nightcrawler. We all start out in the same lab that Jonas went out and got himself some corporate sponsors. He's in it for the money, not the science. He's got a lot of high-tech gadgets, but he's got no instincts. And he doesn't have Dorothy. Blood and Black Rum Podcast presents Twister. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from the MoviesDeadWorld.net, and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? And uh, we had said in the previous episode, when we did What Have You Done to Solange, that we were going to do uh, another Jalo-style film, uh, which was called The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, but... With some recent events, we have decided to postpone that episode and go with something a little bit more timely. So as many of you may have heard, Bill Paxton recently left us, passed away due to a surgery incident, and um, we decided that we want to do a Bill Paxton episode. Way to make that sound like a lawyer. Due to a surgery incident. That's how it was reported. I don't know what it was, but uh, apparently it was some sort of... Um, issue with a, a, a surgery gone wrong. Usually, it's just com- a compli- they say complications. Yeah, or... it was an incident. I don't know what happened, but I'm calling it an incident. Changing the language. Yeah. Pharma- uh, the insurance companies would love you. Yeah, yeah, I know. But anyway, um, because of that, because of Bill Paxton's recent passing, we decided to do one of his films for the episode. Um, and Martin kind of jokingly offered up Twister as a film of choice, and we ran with it. I ran with it. Yeah. No, I, I thought um, a better option would have been Frailty, but... Yeah. Or Aliens. I, th- I, th- I think Frailty would have been the best choice, but... You but- were the one that offered up Twister, and I thought it was a good idea because we do do a lot of those nostalgia-tinged episodes with films that technically aren't really that good now. Uh, but they were huge blockbusters back in the day. Especially if you're of our age range of 25 yep. to 35. So, like, we did Independence Day. Yeah. This uh, this movie yeah. would totally fit in that category. Absolutely. Of- yeah, we, we hated Independence Day watching it again. Very difficult to get through. But it was a movie we loved as That's, yeah. children. Used to watch it all the time. And no, twist- Though, before we get a little ahead of ourselves, Independence Day is still worth watching because of Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum and the dog. Boomer. Got to watch it for the dog. Um, But yeah, I mean, Twister was the same way, kind of. I remember remember seeing it on VHS. I remember lots of people having Twister on VHS. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I remember it like that, but I just remember, like, seeing it all the time. Like, people have twister on vhs it was like a thing we did um and i remember it's the movie when i was a kid that scared me of thunderstorms for like a good like couple of years scared the shit out of me i think i think it probably in at the time it probably did scare people i mean they made an entire theme park ride out of it which i've been to it was at universal studios they took it out but it was an experience i mean like this was 
the ride itself was kind of like a pseudo ride. Like it's not like an actual like get on a get on something and ride it. It's more like you walk through it. There's like an event. Things happen. They show you how they do like thunderstorms and stuff. And then, you know, it's kind of like a behind the scenes sort of thing. Goddamn Steven Spielberg trying to teach children. That's right. Yeah. You got that. You've got E.T. where he says your name and stuff. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff there. That's like more of an event than an actual ride. And Twister was like that. So I, rem- I definitely remember going on the Twister ride a couple times when I was a kid. It's not there anymore. Just like Jaws isn't there anymore. It'd be so. very... Well, I mean, if you think about it, how long could a Twister ride? It had been there for a long time. I know, but still, like, it's yeah. over 20 years well, now. Yeah, they, they got rid of, like, Jaws, Twister, King Kong, Back to the Future. Now, that's just... Well, that's just stupid, though. Jaws, King Kong, and Back to the Future are, uh... They're timeless? Yeah! Timeless rides. I don't know about... Right? I've never been to Universal, so I couldn't tell you on that end, but I'm telling you on the end of... Jaws was always fun, but I think it just probably got old after a while, having the shark jump out of the water over time. Probably, mechanically, they, they were like, yeah, it's not worth it to fix Jaws anymore. I don't fi- find theme parks to be that fun anymore, anyway. Why? You have people walking around in barely anything because it's hot out, and they're you got well mainly because our main the main theme park up here is now a total yeah just shit yeah you got to go to some better ones in order to really experience. Well, I don't have any friends that like to travel. They're all cheapskates. You can go to Massachusetts one time. Yeah, that's you, cheapskate. Calling you a cheapskate on there. I was just there last year. Yeah, you didn't invite me. What an asshole. Six Flags, Six Flags, Massachusetts. Yeah, but Six Flags, like, George sucks balls. Yeah, it does. They don't upkeep that one. Outside of the wooden roller coaster, the Comet. That's true. We're way off topic. <laughs> um, but No yeah, sponsorship for Six Flags. That's for right. Us. Yeah, no, they're, they're shaking their heads. <laughs> like, oh my God, they the actually, they're probably, they, the have it, like, they got, like, a libel suit that's going on <laughs> against us now. Uh, Universal Studios, on the other hand, go there, please. They, they pay us for each... <laughs> Episode. They have Oktoberfest that tastes like Hefeweizen. That's true. Uh, they do. Yeah. Actually, I've I've promoted Universal Studios quite a bit on yeah, this. Yeah, you have. I you we, have. We talked. I talked about um, Halloween. Going too. to the yeah, going to their uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Talked about their Twister ride. Huh. They might as well pay me. Funny world. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Twister is one of those nostalgic films. You think back on it. It was a huge film back in the day. Made a shit ton of money. Made, yep. It it was a big film for Helen Hunt, who uh, was really s- successful at that time. Mad About You. Hasn't really done that much since that I can think of. I mean, but I mean, it's like, same thing with Meg Ryan. True. <laughs> those yeah. Are, those, those are two, you know, like yeah, lead, I mean, leading ladies of romantic comedies at the time. That, they uh, really haven't done that much since. Um. I mean, back in the day, I did like Twister. Haven't seen it probably since that time. Like, this, this, I haven't seen this in forever. Well, as I say, not only that, when you think about it, this film is kind of a who's who of mm. when it comes to casting. It's like names you'll and people you'll recognize, but for the most part, you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this film that, like, now, since the, that time, have gone on to do bigger things. Um, uh, there's Alan Ruck who you may have seen most recently in the Exorcist TV remake, um, but also was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Spin City, some of the other things. Um, you've got 
Uh, Which is feel- amazing, too, because when you... It's ten years between Ferris Bueller and Twister. Good, you can tell... He still looks like Cameron. Yeah. And I didn't realize... Because I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. I mean, I've seen it more recently than you, but I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I never really paid attention that he was in there, because he's got such like, like a kind of bit role of just like throwing random lines out there. Mm-hmm. And... When I saw him, like that, that's fucking, that's gotta be fucking Cameron from Fear. And sure enough, you look spot on like him. You just put him in a Red Wings jersey and, you know, having a Ferrari crash into a, through a house, you know. Yep. You got Cameron. You got Philip Seymour Hoffman, early role, or earlier role for him. Looks very young in this film. Um, Not what you'd expect from the. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's younger, kind well, of, kind of thinner. Still pudgy, but yes, thinner. yeah. Long hi- hippie hair. Longer, and... Yep, longer hair. Playing a bro character. Hippie bro, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, who else we got? We've got um, Carrie Ells. Yeah, Carrie Ells as our as um, our as our baddie. Yeah, that's uh that's a pretty surprising thing because I don't remember him in this at all, and I think it's probably because he's, he doesn't really have a very memorable part in it. That's part of the problem is that. He's a villain who really only shows up in a couple of scenes, and he's a very stereotypical '90s film villain of just yeah. like I think we'll talk about that a little bit more as to like the stereotypical yeah. aspects of the film. But yeah, I agree. He's a very stereotypical villain, one that you would expect in a film of this caliber. Um, and then you got also got like a, a lot of smaller parts from people that you'll recognize later, like. One that stood out to me is Jeremy Davies, who has gone on to do like a lot of like character work in, in TV shows. He's been in uh, Justified, um, Lost, and most recently and actually currently in Sleepy Hollow as the the big bad in Sleepy Hollow now. So uh, you know, pr- not not super popular in film or anything like that, but definitely recognizable. So there's a lot of people in the cast here, and not a lot of them get like huge roles or anything like that, but it's interesting to watch the film now and see where people have come. I know. We're like, you know, where they, yeah, it's almost like what we did with the death wish films where you see like Lawrence Fishburne in that early role, uh, except for this in this or Jeff Goldblum or Jeff Goldblum. But in this case, you have like multiple people that are just populating this film and really for no reason, because these characters don't really add anything to the plot whatsoever, but they're just kind of there. Didn't really need to pay all those people. But <laughs> well, it's okay because the, when they make sure when um, the end credits roll, there's only four four people, credits, eight, four credits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and one of them could have been omitted. Yeah, that's right. Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, um, Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz, who went on to play in things like Still Standing, the TV the TV sitcom, uh, she's in here and she gets fourth billing, except for the fact that she's barely in the film and does nothing. Yeah, not a goddamn. I think I saw on um, Wikipedia she was nominated for a Razzie that year. For, 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 <laughs> oh, really? For, was she really? For, for I don't know if she won or not, but she was nominated for the uh, the Razzie that year for Worst Supporting Actress. And, absolutely can see why. Yeah. Yeah. You can absolutely see why in this film. Um, we'll get on further to talk about Twister uh, because there's a lot to talk about here. Surprisingly we can mine this for a lot of things. And I didn't even realize it like going in. I, you, you said you, you were like, Oh, this is going to be one of those films like independence day where it's going to be like awful to come back to. And I agree, but that's why it makes it so interesting to talk about it later on in the podcast. 
Uh, but we got actually a lot of beer talk uh, for this episode. We do. Um, we promised it. So we're going to come and in, go into that because there's a lot to, to talk about. We did go to the Saratoga Beer Fest this, this weekend. Um, and like always, you know, we've done it like the past five years, I think. And, and we talked about it last year on the podcast because we're only yeah. into year two of Blood and Black Run podcast. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's an entire, pretty much an entire day for us. Uh, three hours of actual tasting at the session um, where we they just have like, I don't even know how many breweries are there. It's like 60 plus. 60 plus, yeah. And there, so there's like 190 actual beers there. Something like that. Because most uh, brewers carry two to three. Some that are more local will carry four or five. If they can get them there easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Wolf, Wolf Hollow, I think it's six actually. It could be. Yeah. Five or six. I know they had a lot. But, yeah. But they're they're local because they're from Clifton Park. But. Yep. Um. It's a really fun experience, really busy. There's a lot of people there. Hosted by America's on tap America on tap. So yeah. uh if like they probably do come to your area at some point. I know they're all kind of all over the place, so And they're coming back in May too. Yeah, they always do for Saratoga. They do another thing in May, which is actually outdoors. You never actually attended. They do that one, one in August, I think they do one like October too. Yeah. So we always go to the February one because it's just always it's a tradition. And before, I think before they were doing all those other ones is just the one February. Yeah, it could be. Until yeah. Um, they started making money hand over fist. Like, hey, you know, this is a fucking great idea. Yeah. Um, we try. I tried. I think I counted about 15 different beers. I didn't. I didn't even bother counting this year. It probably. Yours was probably around that too. I remember because I, I checked into almost everything that I tried on um, untapped. And I got 14, but I knew I missed like a couple. So I think I, I think I had like a overall 15 different beers at this fest, and all of them. And we, and we should tell too. They, uh, they give you like a little three ounce glass. Yeah, it's like four ounces. Three, I think. four ounce yeah. glass, and um, you just go and get it filled. You know, when you stop at a certain brewery that you want to try whatever beer they got in selection. Fill it up for you, and you try it, and then you go on your merry way. Yeah, I uh, I think it's a lot of fun because you get to go to some of these breweries, and there's actually some of them are actually workers that work for the brewery. Some of them awesome. are volunteers, yeah. but some of them are workers, and you can always tell because when you go up to the ones that are actually different. workers, they're enthusiastic, and they're also like very um, they they're focused on like making sure your glass is cleaned out. So mm-hmm. they'll like they'll like pour a bunch and then dump it for you before the, you, they'll even give you that in, sample. In years past, they used to have stations for you to rinse your glass out. Yeah, uh, they don't have that anymore. So I think one, they think most people don't give a shit. Just like yeah. you know, like ah, I just had a fucking imperial stout flavored in a bourbon barrel. Y'all t- try this IPA now. You That's know. me though. I did the same thing. Oh no, I, I I understand that. So no one like I think they understand at this point. No one's going around literally for like the. You know, mm, and yeah. you know, uh, like like it's a whiskey sampling or a wine sampling. So the it's mainly the, lo- the local breweries around here. They'll have like their own and clean they it had, out they, for yeah, it to, had, to like, make sure what? that when they g- give you their beer, that yeah. you're getting the best of it because they know you're a potential customer. Like, hey, if you're here in Saratoga for this, it's not that far from Clifton Park. It's not right. that far from Glens Falls. So yeah. And they do have some water pitchers there in a dumping station, but yeah, it's it's not like you're going to be seeking out the water pitcher 
every single time you're going to get a new beer because you can't even move. That's what that's part of the no, problem. You can, like, you, you can, you can if you're you, really forcing yourself. Exactly. Through. You got yeah. you. I know you didn't go to a real college, but <laughs> you guys got to pretend like a uh, full college bar. You if you want to go, you have to push. Just plow through everybody like you're a snowplow. Yeah. There's no there is no room for manners. If there's a girl in front of you, you just fucking you know Jerome Bettis go through them. Just ain't gonna do it. That's true. That's true, and that's what that's what I did. But yeah, you finally learned. It's not easy to get to the water pitcher. Is the thing. So you're not gonna make the attempt. Generally, you're just gonna go get another beer. So anyway, we yeah we tried about 15 different beers. Um, there were a lot of IPAs on offering, as always. Uh, every every I think we mentioned last year. Every year we've gone, every place is damn sure to have at least one kind of IPA. Yep. Not just like a standard IPA, but usually they'll have like some variation, just because it's still the really big thing in craft beer. They uh, <laughs> there were quite a few stouts. They're always this, usually yep. uh, those are the two. Yeah, they bring yeah. like a heavy stout and a, a, like a IPA, generally like an imperial IPA, mm-hmm. to to make it stand out. Um, and also I, there was a large number of sour beers this year too, as last as, year, as is last year. That's kind of like a new style. It's really making its way upwards. It's like putting fruit, fruit, making a fruity tart beer. Um, very tart. Yeah. I mean, I like them, but it's not for everybody it's, for sure. As I said last year, not for me. Yeah. There was one, I can't, I can't remember who, who the brewer was. I tried it and they said it was an American wild ale. Never had that style. And it tastes like a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a higher alcohol percentage. I think it was like five point seven or five point two, yeah, which is higher than it goes. But it, when I tried it, it wasn't as tart as it goes, but it was pretty, pretty vinegary. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it, but it's still like again, it's just a style of beer. I'll never find myself going, like, hey, you know what? Have goes. Yeah, there's quite a few uh, ciders on tap. They as always generally have that. Um, there was a overabundance. Of not craft beer there this year. True. Yeah, they're and, uh, they're trying to sneak their way in. And I'm not one to get Jimmy like all riled up about uh, you know, like I if we talked about last time how um craft brewer associations are suing Walmart for you know false implying craft beer when it's not craft beer. Look, if you make good beer, I don't care if it's made by whoever. Yeah, who cares? You know, um. I don't consider like Blue Moon craft beer, not because it's owned by Miller Coors, because it's just not good beer. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not great beer. I'll get it out if it's like all they have, and they put an orange in it. But <laughs> yeah, there like, was, but, like, like there was y- little... Yingling was there. Yeah, that pissed me off. Like, and they had their black and tan, which is a. Have you ever had their black and tan? Yeah, I've had it. It's a fucking terrible black and tan. Yeah, compared to when we had like Saranac's black and tan. Their black and tan is so fucking bad. And then they had their India Pale Lager, which we reviewed on the podcast before, and that's a fucking, just like, bad skunky beer. That's not really discernible at all. So them being there was like, why are you here? You're not a craft brewer, brewer, and you don't make anything that's any good. Why the fuck are you here? Guinness was there. Guinness was there. Why the fuck is Guinness there? They are not a craft brewery. They don't make craft beer. I know they're now making more special, different special. Like they're getting away from just focusing on, you know. Yeah. They're getting a draft. But, but did they even have anything there that was? Yeah. Oh, they did have a special, like their the special blonde, selection. The American Blonde Lager, 
and the rye pale ale. Oh, okay. oh and yeah. I, and the rye pale ale, you can kind of consider. I want to consider the blonde lager that because it's just a typical yeah adjunct lager, but it doesn't taste like an American adjunct lager. Just because, like, what they use in it, it's not like you know rice or corn, like you would consider like from a Jenny or Coors or a Bud. But Guinness is there. Why the fuck are they there? Yeah. You, this is not a showcase. You don't need to be here. Everyone knows. Guinness is a yeah. top purveyor. Don't worry. Here. It's almost March 4th, you know. Yeah. Your sales are going to go up and like you know precipitously around here pretty soon. Don't worry. You don't need to be here. Sure. Lefe was there, or however it's pronounced. Yeah. I've never had it before, but I know it's not a fucking crap. It's, you know. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they had a bunch there. And, and Gen- some that were... And Genesee was there, too. But I'm fine with them because the, <laughs> at least the brew house line is like a craft right. beer selection they line. They did bring the brew And house. it's not like they had Jenny Salted Caramel Chocolate Porter, Jenny Winter Warmer, and Jenny Cream Ale. As much as I love it. It's not like they had that there. They had just like, you know, mm. their brew house beers. Fine with that. So, I mean, and, you know, and I want to consider, like, with, like, Yingling, I don't consider a black and tan a fucking, especially when it's one of your mainline beers. That's true. Yeah, That's it not... is. They've had that for forever. Yeah. So. You know, um, one of the things that I really liked about it, though, is that a lot of the brewers, they brought stuff that they generally don't have out in bottles, like, that's easy to find. So, with Saranac, they didn't bring their normal Saranac line. They brought... It was disappointing they only had one beer, though. True, they only had one beer, but it was it was their bourbon-aged... And their Imperial Stout aged in bourbon beer. Yeah. Which, whew, that, I, was, that was good. It was, yeah. It was, that was a chore. It was good. I couldn't finish it because just having so much other stuff like that, and that is like 11%. Yeah. I was just like, I I can't do this right now. Yeah, it was very... Uh, it was tough, yeah. Um... I think one of my favorite beers that I tried from there was from All Gang, and it's one of the beers that I haven't tried. The Rose, was the, it, Ros- the Rosetta, which Rosetta, they do yeah. sell around here, but I never, excuse me, I never gotten it because I, I see it's a fruit ale. I'm like, meh. But actually, was, drinking it, it's very good. It's actually, it's I would consider it more akin to like a wine cooler almost. Yeah, it was, and how fruity and carbonate, like like it's like a sparkling wine. But I mean, but it's so like it's so good. Like like I said, it's it's. I don't understand. I don't really know how it's considered a beer because, like I said, it's, it tastes like you're drinking like a sparkling wine. I mean, it was really, really good, and it's kind of unlike anything that Amagang has right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they have like any similar beer to that. It was very much a different style for them, and I, I thought it was really good, though. Really, really good. I, I would that, definitely get it again. I knew they. I know they do sell it in their uh, like six or four packs. Yeah, I, do, I have seen it, but like I said, I look at it like. Fruit beer? Yeah, because I'm not a big fruit beer fan. I was definitely impressed with it, though. Oh, that was very good. And yeah. they also had the Iron Throne, which is uh, like a lemony, uh, yeah. uh, pale, Belgian pale ale. I thought it was good, but I wouldn't uh, go out of my way. Please bring back just your plain Belgian pale ale. That was fantastic. If, you know, you're, if you're listening. <laughs> you know who also had a an interesting sample was Sam Adams. They had their chai IPA there. Delicious. I gotta and you disagree know, with you on that one. It's it's definitely the chai. If you like chai, you're gonna like this chai. And PA. I love ch- and I and I love chai. So, but if you're not, if you don't like chai, like me, I'm not. I don't really like it that much. It I, it was very off putting to me. Now I wonder, do they only sell that like at their brewery? Like I have like, no it, idea. Like I've never they heard make of it in like a small. Well, they didn't have like a label like when they had like the display for it showing it. Like the bottle is just like a just like a blank bottle. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I've never heard of it. I mean, it's probably like just a small batch that they have at the brewery, and they thought, like, hey, bring them along. They missed the labeling, though. Why don't they call it Chai PA? They call it a Chai IPA. Well, because they're too busy renaming and rebranding the Rebel IPA. That's true, yeah. the damn same thing. Yeah, but to be honest with you, I do appreciate that Sam Adams is trying that stuff, like Chai IPA, because... No, I do, too. Too often, they play it safe, and they're like, we're going to put out a new IPA. No, I agree, because I liked it, because it, it was... Had a nice hop crispness to it, but the chai it, cut it. it. The chai for me, because I like, like I said, I love chai tea, so it balanced perfectly. Like it wasn't overly bitter and hoppy. You got that that hoppiness of an IPA, but then that chai gave it a nice spice that mild the hoppiness, and it balanced really well. Yeah, and then I guess and. I agree. If you don't like chai, you're not gonna like because no, I was kind of surprised. It definitely had a heavy chai. And I was surprised to it. how much the uh, the chai was there. So, but if you do like chai, I would say try. You will love it. It's yeah. cr- and I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um. What else did you have that you that stood out to you? Anything? Um. There was a blood orange ghost there didn't that have I it. I thought was pretty good. Not I, at this point. I was like feeling a nice little buzz and had tried probably about eight different beers by that time. So I, you know, it's hard to say like, I, w- I wasn't like the most, uh, I don't know, like careful taster at that point, there but was, no, I it didn't, it didn't like have a huge blood orange flavor to me. And I think about it too. There was actually, um, another popular style. There was Saison. Yeah. There was a lot of Saisons there, there, which is good. Cause I love Saisons. It's a great Belgian style, but, um, instead of it, but you did say, uh, Sizen and a man looked at you funny. <laughs> he did. He, he did. But I think it's, it's just because he couldn't hear me. But th- th- I made sure the next time to say saison. Well, that's okay because uh, I went up to um, Big Tupper Brewery, and I went. I went there specifically because my uncle lives in Tupper Lake. So I was like, oh, cool. You know, they have a brewery up there. I want to want to try it out. And they have the beer called the Took. And it's T O U K. So I went up to the girl and I was like, "I'll take a, I'll Toke. take a talc." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh yeah, the toque." I was like, "Oh man, I'm a fucking idiot." <laughs> From the Adirondacks, you don't right, even know I how know. to pronounce your uh, Iroquois names. What the hell's wrong? I know. Before I you know, know it, you won't know how to say the Cateraceros. I don't know though. Tuk, talc. It could be talc and Adirondack. It could be. It's at toque. Sounds you know. Before you, you're not gonna even know how to say like Chitnango or Niskiuna anymore. You'll be like those people in the, that YouTube video, like these Skittles. Yeah. So like no Skinny Atlas. But um, probably the other, the only other beer I can really think of that kind of stands out to me is um, I did like um what I got from Davidson Brothers and Schmaltz. I got both got their uh basic loggers. Which I haven't, I actually haven't had Davidson Brothers like uh, regular lager. It was really good. And Schmaltz is really good too. And the guy from Schmaltz was really cool. He washed out my glasses. I do so want to go to Schmaltz. At some well, so point. do I. Yeah, that'd be really fun to go to. That's I didn't mention though, but another well represented style of beer, which I actually really liked because you're always getting these heavy flavors from from these breweries, was the Pilsner. Pilsner making a comeback. Some craft beer Pilsners. So, somebody realized, like, you know what? Somebody probably just wants like, something crisp and clean to, exactly. cleanse, to cleanse their palate and it's after. so great because, like, let's say you just had five beers and it's like, Imperial Stout, Imperial IPA. Here's a ghost, too. Now I just want a regular Pilsner. <laughs> and it was perfect. It was I really liked it. So, I like, I made it a point to try to, like, find some Pilsners 
after I'd had a lot of those heavy palate crushing flavors. <laughs> the Scotch Wee Heavy. Yeah, that's from right. We'll yeah. follow those 11%. <laughs> I actually didn't have that one, but no. So I it was a lot of fun. I I will say that we we're stretching out a little bit. So I will say it's a lot of fun. Um I did try more than 15 beers, but I don't I don't count that as actually trying them because I didn't have a full glass of it. I just had, you know, like a sip of somebody else's. But there were so many um, that we got to try and taste. And it's it's always a lot of fun, especially when you're looking for new things. So yes. I recommend it. And especially because it means Red Robin afterwards. Oh, that's true. We did go to Red Robin after. It was delicious. I had garlic farts. Um, and, uh, oh, the other thing, too, is that, like, this is the perfect time to try those beers that are super expensive in stores. <laughs> Like, um, when I had the, uh, like dogfish head, I'll try there. Very expensive. Rogue. It's a good time to try a rogue. Ballast point. Ballast point. Though which can often shit. be like twenty ninety nine for a six, <laughs> uh, 12 pack. Um, yeah, I did have a manta ray IPA from ballast point. It was you pretty good. Had their cinnamon raisin. Yeah, that's, I can't do that. That sounds it's like the much. most miserable beer. Yeah. Life planet I, even, i'm 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 out of raisin from for now on that sounds even worse than the hobbit era after after having like the old ale and stuff like that raisin is kind of dead to me in beer for now for a long while yeah i'll, 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 I'll stay mean, away from that it's been dead to me forever but you know yeah but today we do have an actual beer to kind of review as well although it doesn't really necessarily need reviewing it's uh we talked about it already. Martin was kind of giving it shit for being at the at the beer fest, but in, it's Guinness draft. Guinness regular draft. Um, I remember that I used <laughs> to love this beer. I used to love it so much when I first started drinking. I used to order it out and like get it on tap, thinking it was just the bomb diggity. <laughs> Uh, that was back in 1996 when <laughs> Twister came out when I was saying bomb diggity. Um, but, uh, it doesn't hold up. I, I, on untapped when, whenever I rated it, I don't even remember, had to have been years ago. I rated it a four out of five. And I <laughs> definitely would not give that now. Blame it on the recipe change. I don't know, but. Uh, like you, I used to love Guinness. When I started drinking, when we turned 21, it was one of my favorite beers. I liked it because I thought it had a bold, dark, maltiness. It was a heavy beer. Mm -hmm. And I loved Guinness beers. Six years later, this is not a bold, dark, heavy beer. No. This is water. This is with a, with some malt, even a, a slightly maltier characteristic. Because like you... Like if I was at a bar, they had get I would get Guinness on tap. Granted, I will say, on tap, it's it's not a heavy like flavorful stout, but it's still a great thing to get in. You know, it's, if, yeah, it's, if somebody knows how to draft it properly, get it in your glass and get it's still a, it's still a, that's it has like a great mouthfeel. Is I think yeah exactly what you're going for there is that the mouthfeel on it is so creamy and 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 nice. So, somebody has perfected that. It may be the fish bladder in it. I don't know the nitro. Yeah, which is this. This doesn't even have the widget in it. No, those don't. No. So what? 
But I mean, I do like the mouthfeel on the Guinness. I think it's really good. You can even you can feel it even from the bottle. But it is, you're right, it's better on tap because if it's poured properly, it's got a great mouthfeel. It's not uh, like it's not like the most flavorful beer. Nope. But it's still no, you're right. And I like I I will still order a Guinness at a I bar. will. I will still order it. It's not one that like I've sworn off like Yingling, because I have sworn that off. I am not ordering that at the bar. Um I've ordered it too many times and spent too much money on it at the bar, especially because they took my tip. Money well, I was saying I like, didn't give it to them. Well, Yingling like PBR, I'll buy once a year in like a six pack, if, and I'll be like, I haven't had that in a while. I'll get it, and I'm like, have it. I'm like, this is why I don't fucking drink this You're shit anymore. Disappointed. And I so, and I can't <laughs> say that happens with Guinness. So like, we got the twelve pack of Guinness, the new one that's out. It's got special, which is a variety pack for right. uh, March. I'm assuming it's got special, and we'll be reviewing each be- a new beer a week. So that's right. Get prepared, folks. It's got you know a couple different types of beers in there that they don't normally do. Um, too so, new and too old. Yep. So I mean, that's pretty much why we got it. But we wanted to start with the original flavor because um, you know it's best to start with the original and work work your way up. Um, so, I mean, I will say that I, there isn't a time where if someone gave me a Guinness, I would say no. Or if they had a special pack, like the Guinness, like this new Guinness pack, I would be like, mm, no, I don't want to try it. I would probably, I would still probably buy it. I, st- I still, like, like I said, anytime I see them do something new. Yeah. You want to at least try it. I, I still, the, I still am. The Black Ale was an abomination. The Black Lager, yeah, the Black when that Lager. first came out, because I was still big into Guinness then, I got it when it came out, and I got that Black Lager, I was so disappointed. Abs- oh, I was like heartbroken, I'm like, this is terrible. Yep. Because it's supposed to be a Schwartz beer, and compared to like Saranax Black Forest, it's fucking awful. Absolutely miserable, like, this is bad. The Blonde is not much better. The American Blonde Lager is terrible too, flavorless. Yep. Um, harp, I don't care for their, which yeah, is their okay, long name. I I don't care for at all. Yeah, Smith Smithwicks. Yeah, Smithwicks. I do like. I, I do like a Smithwicks. little bit. I haven't had it in years, but from what I remember, I did like. Um, the extra stout. Is the first time I had it, I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, in times past we've had, I like it, but I, it's, I don't, th- it, yeah, it's I still don't pretty th- good, but it's not, yeah, it's not amazing. It tastes like what a stout's supposed to, like, you know, like a normal stout. And then you got your foreign extra, which we'll review next week. Yeah. Great. That's delicious. From what I remember, haven't had it in a long time, so we'll see. We'll see how it holds up. It was one of the best stouts I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It, we'll see how it holds up. Cause I, I haven't had it in forever. But then, and then you got like the nitro. When we reviewed the nitro IPA and the rye pale ale, I hated the nitro IPA and the rye pale was good, but I mean, it was ne- would never mm. see my money again because I, I didn't think it was worth its time. But yeah, it's almost like just Guinness. Stick to what you know. Right. Stop trying to branch out. And if, if you're not gonna, if you're not going to conquer the American market on your draft alone. You're never going to conquer the American market, so give up. Just stick to what you know and make it, you know, make it great again. Now I've heard that the foreign is more akin to the actual beer from get like in Ireland that you get from Guinness, uh, because the recipe is slightly different. I know they're slightly different, but I think I think the foreign's more what the beer used to be mm. back, you know, back in the day. I don't. I think what we get on. 
as Guinness draft, it, it, there's a slight recipe change, but I don't think it's much different. It's still mm-hmm. got the nitro widget, but I mean, the four and extra would be like what Sir Arthur Guinness was using <laughs> because he didn't have a fucking nitro widget. So, True, but so it's not bad. It's not. It's not my go-to for a stout if I wanted a stout, but I can still drink it. It's still drinkable, good. like you said. Still it's good. a drinkable stout that's. Like made for people who don't really like the heavy stouts, they they're not gonna mm. like the heavy stouts, but they're they they want to be saying they're drinking a stout. They want to say they're drinking a stout. And you're right too; it it's does kind of still like have a, a great mouthfeel. It does very creamy. It's kind of like nice. an imitation stout, and like a nice malt, a nice light maltiness, and a nice light sweetness. So I mean, it's good. Yeah, not everything needs to be a breakfast stout out there, but I mean, it's that is true. But I mean. It ha- it does ha- it has its place in beer obviously yeah. but it's just something like over the years I don't know if it's from the recipe changes that they got bought out or what it's just like it's something that's I've been soured on it's nowhere near as what I used to think it was. yeah well. agreed all right let's get to Twister 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 yeah, you were gonna do that eventually that's right I had to put that in there somewhere you know that'd be a, that's the perfect mid nineties reference right there yep. Twister and then Sister Sister. Yeah, I know. Well, as I said, what are the, the Maoris up to now? One's making a cooking so- show. Which one? Um, Tia, I want to say. No, you don't even remember. You I, don't, don't, I don't remember, honestly. You don't even know. If it's Tia or Tamara, I'm who sorry. knows? I'm sorry, Tia or Tamara. If, if you're the one that's doing the cooking, please let us know. Um, All right, so Twister. Like I said, many people had it on VHS. I remember... Because my dad owned a movie store. I do remember it in the store. Remember it being popular. Remember the Shania Twain song? No one needs to know. I mean, I kn- I remember the song. I don't remember it being associated with Twister. It's in the movie. I and, mean, it is in the, the movie. And the music video takes a lot of clips from the movie. Oh, does it? No, yeah, I don't it's remember like, that. It's like her singing on a porch with, like, as tornadoes rolling well, by. Well, that's fucking dangerous. And, and then, like, they'll play, like, a clip from the movie. And then, like, yeah. Why is a tornado rolling by and she's just singing on a porch? Because no one needs to know. That's foolish. Well, not everyone can be Alan Jackson playing Chattahoochee. That's true. That's, that's a little inside drop right there. Um, Inquire more through email. Too. <laughs> so, Twister, really, it takes place in the South. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And Which uh, is the Midwest, not yeah, the South. It could be, basically could be the South. How did, Everybody how did you... has Southern accents. How... <laughs> How'd you how'd you pass high school in social studies for God's sakes? Barely. I hate social studies. I hate geography. Well, you're part. Hate of, history. Yeah, you're part of. The <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> it follows uh, Joe, who's played by Helen Hunt, and J O. That's right, Joe, like like my aunt Joanne, <laughs> um, and she's like us. She's a storm tracker, so she uh, she follows all the storms. She's really into twisters. Tornadoes, basically. They want to... Because of her childhood. That's right. We get a... Scarring childhood. We get a horrifying clip of her father getting ripped away by a tornado as he's trying to hold down a storm hatch. Well, is it horrifying or hilarious? I think it's supposed to be horrifying, but yeah, watching it is hilarious. It's idiotic. What was her dad's name? Like, Bobby Dale? (laughs) I have no idea what his name was. No, 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 they don't give him his name, but it's like... Yeah. 
Good lord, redneck of the redneck, like king yeah. king of the apple. I mean, I know it's in Oklahoma, but king of the Appalachians, Bobby Dale, fucking F five tornado coming through his home. They run to the storm cellar, and he thinks it's a good idea because the bolts on it are coming loose to try to hold it down. Yeah. While a 300 mile an hour wind, you know. Yeah. And he gets picked up and taken, while his daughter, his dog, and his wife are sitting there like, oh, look. Did he think that, like, the debris is not going to fucking fly down? Like, that's not. It's going to fly out. And it's not the trajectory. So you didn't have to. The door could have ripped off. You would have been fine. Yes. Exactly. It's, it's, that's, so... the, that's the whole thing with that, with that scenario is that <laughs> any normal person would just let the door go. And just be like, I'm gonna get as far away from the the outside and just as pro- possible. and just protect. Yeah, what you do is you in that situation you hunker down. You would hunker down. And you would protect. Like you would use if you're the you know you would, if you're the man because it's man society. You would you would protect them with your body. Well, to be honest with you, the mom would protect with the body <laughs> because she is a farm woman. <laughs> She would not be moved by the storm. I'm not saying that in like I know. a mean way. I'm saying that literally she would be the best person because she's like two times the size of... Uh, I know, he's a twig. Yeah, Joe's right. father. So, I mean, that would be the I know, thing but to the, do. I know, that was what he, You know, you would... Obviously, in that situation, like if, if the movie had any logical sense, it's yeah. not like being a meat shield is the best option, but that's what... No. Like, yeah, if you were in that te- situation, that's what you'd be like. All right, hold no, on. You know, I'm pretty sure the technical term for that is hunker down. That's, <laughs> Bivouac. Yeah, that's right. That's what this. That's what weathermen say when when you're, a tornado is coming your way is you you fucking hunker down. So I think that's that was his first mistake. But anyway, that's what Joe's motivation is. Her dad got flung into an F five tornado, and now she's a storm tracker hunting them down. She wants to put as much. She wants to get as much data as possible on tornadoes, and honestly, uh, she used to be in a relationship. She was married to Bill Paxton's character. Still married. Still married, technically. Uh, it's like that little '90s plot convenience, because you know, like oh. Bill. Bill must have had a bad memory because his name is Bill in this film too. Don't you love it? I do like, love like, when they when, link when, up together. When movies and I TV, do. like I they, do. they keep like the first name the same. I do like, because it always makes you think. Like, could he not respond to like Joe? Was it like was ever were people <laughs> saying like Joe, get over here? And Bill's just like walking around the set, like what? what? Just, just like think of like th- famous like other famous like. And all, all they do is just change the last name. It's like, really? It's like, could you not, like, figure it out? Right. I know. That's it's, the thing. It always it, cracks me I up. I know that, I know that in it reality, it was, it's probably not, it was probably written in the script and they just went with it. Like, Bill Paxton got cast for Bill Harding. It probably just was a coincidence that it happened. But at the same time, it just, it does make you think, like, were they just really bad at being Joe or Dan <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Steve Hart. His name was Steve. Or, or like the script called for a Steve and Bill Paxton was like, I am not a Steve. <laughs> I am a Bill. And he just couldn't, he couldn't go along with like And it's funny too, because Bill Paxton is a character actor. Yeah. So that, that would be funny. Like, I can't, like, you're, Steve's the name of a douchebag. I'm no douchebag. Yeah. I'm, you know. Exactly. I'm Bill Paxton. Yeah, it just makes you think, even though, I mean, it's, it, it has nothing to do with it, the film at all. Which but it make, makes you Which makes is funny, laugh. too, because when you think about it now, going back, reflecting back on the Death Wish series, surprised that halfway through the series, it just came, uh, changed Paul Kersey's name to, Char- you know, Charles Kersey. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just see, like, Bronson and his lack of interest in that, being just like, 
Paul, Paul Avery Swig, and the set probably like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Like, Charles, oh, it's me, Charles Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Joe and Bill are married. Bill wants a divorce. He wants Joe to sign the papers. And unfortunately, he also brings his fiance, his new fiance. Cardboard box. Card- <laughs> cardboard box. And as we all know, cardboard boxes do not fare well in tornadoes. <laughs> So Jamie Gertz plays his fiance, Dr. Melissa Reeves, who is a uh, reproductive therapist. Make of that what you will. Why don't they just call her a sex therapist? That sex therapist, marriage counselor, whatever it is. Yeah, it's reproductive I therapist. I didn't know sex therapists would like keep a cell phone on, like yeah. or like, you know, after office hours be like taking calls, like well, I busted a nut in her twat, and she's still, you know, yeah, yeah it's, asking it's, for advice. I can't see. It. I feel like an act, like a sex therapist. Once you leave your like your place of vocation, it's like done. Yeah, you know, you know oh, I don't want to talk about sperm or ovaries yeah. anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like you, ha- well, have you tried putting a thirty-three degree angle <laughs> while you're giving her the old one-two nut in the butt? <laughs> I know. I don't know why she has uh, one of those ancient cell phones, the brick cell phones. But... No, it was saying no, it's not even brick. It's a flip phone. Mm. Yeah, it's Tri- true, isn't it? It's, it's it a is tri- like a tri yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah. The eighties would be like the, in the late nineties would be the brick phone, like Vice, That's true. You know, Vice City. No, she's got the yeah. Matrix. Like Link, give me an exit phone. Uh, she is a cardboard box. Jamie, I don't know if it's Jamie Gertz or just the writing here. I've I seen think, Jamie Gertz and other things. She's not bad. She's not like a bad actress. Um, I wouldn't say like she's terrible. I don't think it's the writing. I don't think it's any of the actors. It's the direction. Yeah. Because it's not just her in this film. Everyone outside of Helen Hunt and Philip Seymour Hoffman are the most wooden. This is a forest when it comes to the actors. Yeah, even Bill Paxton, is, his delivery is really... Like, just uninterested. And it's mainly why I didn't want to do this film. I mean, it makes sense in his honor because it's his most well-known film. But he's not a bad actor. No, he's not. He, again, no. again, as I said, he's a, he's a well-renowned as a character actor. So, this is this is literally one of his worst performances. Probably. That's, that's uh. why... Um, but again, I don't think it's his fault, and I don't think I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think it's the direction they were probably given, because outside and they probably let Philip Seymour Hoffman be crazy, because like yeah, he's the crazy hippie, so he gets to act kind of goofy, and Helen Hunt's the free spirit, so she gets to kind of be a little. Other than that, everyone's very rigid. Even like this ragtag band that hit of his storm chasers is supposed to be like the woo, flower child group of you know, chasing tornadoes outside of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joe, they're all fucking wooden and just kind of there. And they only chime in when they like, you know, yeah, like it's uh Pappy O'Daniel's flower power hour on uh, Oh brother, where art thou? And they're like the side guys like, Oh yeah, it's going to be the best. going to be the greatest. Yep. 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 So, I mean, yeah, I don't particularly blame Jamie Gertz. And I do, I do think part of it is just her character is that, like she's she is meant to be vanilla and boring. Like her character itself is meant to be because she's supposed to be that person that Bill Harding is seeing, but not really realizing that she's not the one for him. It's actually Joe all along because they share the same interests. They need that I know, like, but stimulation. They, and no, and they they make that clear. But the film doesn't make clear is how they're even connected. What what was the spark between them? 
because Who, between I've, Bill and um, and uh, Melissa. Yeah, because there's none. Because when they finally reconcile that, hey, we're not gonna be together. She's like, I'm not even mad. Yeah, you know, I can't. Like, she's like, I can't compete with it. I sure I got nice tits, but Helen Hunt's got nice boobies too. You know, I mean, what, what are we gonna do? Yeah, I mean, their relationship so, so, is pretty inexplicable. It's just there as yeah. a plot device. You didn't even need her there. You could just had them be a strange husband yeah, you and really wife. Didn't. Yeah, and you They're, know they come together because of a twister. Yeah, literally they're twisted together. Wow. <laughs> um, How old yeah, are you? You like eighty four? I am getting old with my jokes. Yeah, um, but yeah, you're right. They don't need that that character there at all. She really serves no purpose. Um, I I don't I maybe it's just like that love triangle. Thing maybe I like, maybe I should have been a writer for films in the nineties. I would have saved them. I would have saved you a paycheck right there. Like you don't even need her. Just have them be estranged. Yeah, fourth billing, so she probably she got a paycheck. She got don't a nice worry, paycheck. Don't worry. The, the one of the things that really astounds me about this film is that it was written by Michael, co-written by Michael Crichton, Michael Crichton and Anne Marie Morgan. And produced by Michael Crichton. And I, I'm a fan of Michael Crichton, but this is not his best work by far. I don't know if it was like a joint thing and, and like Anne-Marie Martin wrote most of it and Michael Crichton kind of put his name on it as like, a, Maybe. like James Patterson does. Well, you think about it, but um, coming off Jurassic Park and Steven Spielberg produ- executive produced this film. True. Because Amblin Entertainment was, you know. Uh, helped produce the film. But Spielberg probably came to him. And, True. And asked, you know, like, hey, you know, why don't you... And he's probably, yeah, well, I like making a shit ton of money. Let's make a shit ton of money. Yeah. That's probably why. That's, that is That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was probably the motivation. It's not even really a Crichton-esque film that I... it Or, like, storyline, really. Because... Crichton is more interested in the science and fiction the- behind things. So, like, Twister has is- a lot of techno babble, which, I mean, I, I, t- I did take a meteorology class, but even still, it's like, they're, they're not explaining any of it. It's just, they're just throwing the words around. Like, oh, that's an F4 or 5, you know, with a microburst class. And it's like, and as the audience, if you don't know anything about meteorology, it's like, oh, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. That, that, yeah. Sound, that sounds important. It's, it sounds <laughs> great. That sounds like dangerous stuff. Throw around numbers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, dangerous. Well, I was I was telling you because I was laughing when the intro takes you know takes place in 1969. Like oh, an F five tornado's coming on the TV, and it's like Vegeta scale wasn't even invented that yet. You're, you're already wrong. You already didn't do your research. <laughs> Bill Bales, yeah. zero out of four stars. I don't know, but uh, like it just surprised me that Michael Crichton would be. His work is out of it. It's, like, the script isn't really... I, I would say, even though you said, like, the script isn't the problem, it's not that good either. Mm. I mean, it's really not that good. It can often be kind of annoying. No, it is. But at the same time, compare it to a lot of its kinfolk of the time. As we said, like, like when we were like, oh, God, Independence Day, I wonder if it's going to be as good as we remember. And we left it going, like, this sucks. This film, I'll give it credit, is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. We'll be watching I, it. In fact, I kind of, I had fun with this one. It's fun. It sure is. It, it's fun. I think it's more fun than Independence Day, watching it now. Mm. But at the same time, no, you're right. I understand the script's not good. 
But at the same time, it's a disaster film. What it's does, a product of the time, you're right. It's a product of the time, but not only that, it's a disaster film. What disaster film has a fucking good... That's true. Even, like, like some of the well-known and well-revered, like, disaster films, like Poseidon. Doesn't they have a fucking good script? Yeah. It's just the set pieces and, the you know, the action, the actors and that, you know, drive the film. This is the same case. Well, I think par- part of my problem with the script is that it just doesn't really make sense within the film itself because um, the whole idea is that these tornado hunters are trying to put this machine into the tornado, the, the main part of the tornado to spread around sensors so they can get data within the tornado. Because com- computers. Yeah, computer- computers <laughs> and stuff. What data they're gathering from these sensors inside the tornado, I'm not really sure. Like, if you put all the sensors out, it'll spin, like, if, you know, it'll spin. It'll give you an image. Well, no, it, not only that, but it'll spin, so it's not It's not like the sensors will be kept to the middle. They'll be scattered to the outside. Right, right. So that way, with all the sensors, full, you know, getting scattered to the outside, you'll be able to measure the inside of it, the length, and, like, the total dynam- uh, dimension of the tornado accurately, its wind speed and all that accurately. Yeah, but it, it does no good for your overall data in the long run, because that is one tornado. Well, they don't. It's not like they explain. How no, they much don't. Those, that's my. They don't, they, don't, they don't explain how much of that goddamn. You know, they say at Dorothy, the end of the, Dorothy cost because like yeah. they, they blow through them. They like, have like four of them. <laughs> See, my biggest problem is that this film, like they want, they want this this sensor, this Dorothy machine, that to go into the tornado, and they want all these sensors to spread out within the tornado to capture data. Okay, fine, I'll go along with that. But the whole thing, the whole point of that data. And how, why they have to do it with a fucking dangerous F five uh, tornado makes no sense. Because you could, if if the data could be used to learn about tornadoes, you could do it with an F one. You don't have to put yourself in that danger. Because in F one, hey, maybe you like you may get thrown around, tossed around, and stuff. But at least it's not picking up tractor trailers well, no, and but throwing them at you. They would be able to distinguish between the different types of tornadoes. Because again, I just because again, the whole Fuji's scale is based on like wind speed. Dimension and the destruction it leaves behind. So, yeah. so I mean, by having those sensors, you'd be able to better read them. Like, ah, eh, that one knocked down a whole block, but this one took away the whole trailer park. So, it's, it's just it, it, you'd be able to get the difference. I understand that. Yeah. My, my problem with it is though, it's just it like is mainly stems from like who the fuck are they working for? Yeah, that's true too. They are, yeah, they're. Their um like their own independent crew of storm chasers. But they got a lab and shit at the same time. Yeah. So like, do they work for the government? And, well, she does say at the end, there's she would apply for a grant, so maybe they get grants to work on their own. Yeah, it's not very clear. Yeah, but if you're like a well-renowned scientist in the field of like meteorology studies and like focusing probably on probably working for a university or something you're either working for a university which they don't even specify or you're working for the fucking national weather service yeah be like hey you know we're gonna have you yeah cause it's a fucking public safety so it makes no sense like they're like oh they're just the ragtag bunch you know a bunch of they do it for the love of it and then you got Carrie Ells who's he he's in it for the money the corporate what co- like corporate sponsors? Like you know, Pepsi's going like, hey, you know what? <laughs> We'd really like to put a Pepsi logo on your sensor machine, so when it gets tossed right into that fucking storm, 
and your senses go right, you get your dad, and then when it gets thrown out as it crashes into some poor shit brain's farmhouse, I'm like, hey, sponsored by Pepsi. It's fucking, it's stupid. Yeah. It's it's stupid. Yeah, that is what, a big problem. What, what business would be in, interested in gathering their own, like, meteorologi- meteorological, like, data? Yeah. Just let the government... Why waste the resources on it? You can have the have the government do it for you. The government's subsidizing it for you. And then whatever business is doing, they can base it off of what the government's doing. They don't need to waste resources in, like, trying to figure out tornadoes. Unless they're like, hey, we're going to sell this machine right, or Right, or, or they end up, like, figuring out that they're going to sell their... Their footage to a documentary to make a documentary or something or to like national. But that Geographic. wouldn't. But that wouldn't be. You Not corporate. But. You well, I mean, but I know, but you wouldn't be stu- You wouldn't study. Yeah. A tornado. Not like that. It's not like National Geographic is going to sponsor you before you get to any footage. Like, yeah, we'll pay you ten million dollars and we'll see. You know what you, what you come up with. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I just yeah, I have a problem with that whole storyline. I I just I don't think that. I think it probably would have worked better if they were if they just happened to be storm chasers and they were caught in this series of intense tornadoes instead of what Twister gives us which is many many different tornadoes that are happening in, in the same area a, a, a tornado a different tornado uh, different tornado on the F scale on the Fujita scale on yeah. the, within the same days so you got an F1, then an F3, then an F4 and an F5, you know. Yeah, and not only that, but it it's it's also, like, in they're in the same types of areas, but all over the place. So And and for a little while, even, the film forgets about the fact that they have to get the Dorothy machine into the tornado, and it's more so of, like, just running they from forget, the tornado. They forget about a lot of things. So, I mean, forget I would have been... Ca- forget about <clears throat> Cariel's. Just, yeah. You even said, like, whatever happened to him? He's yeah, just, he's, just, he's gone, just gone for a little while. For, like, a third of the film. Then, yeah. all, then he's just back to, you know, get his comeuppance because he's a scumbag for, in it for the money. Which, by the way, how? I mean, I know storm chasing's a thing. I'm telling you right now, only way you're getting me that to fucking do that, I'm getting paid. Yeah, right. You're I'm not, you know... Not doing it for the fun of it? Yeah, no, hell no. No. No, no thank you. I. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> and I wouldn't be putting myself in the middle of it just to... Get I'd have to data. be I'd have to be a well paid meteorologist to be like yeah okay yeah. fine because other than that I'm not you know it's it's just fucking weird they're all I like I said though I think that my biggest problem with the storyline is that they have to do this thing where they have to put the machine within to within the storm like if it was just that they were caught in these storms and they were like trying to outrun them or something be a different story I think that would even be more realistic where the audience could kind of relate to that storyline. But this one, which is very um, vague and the point of it isn't really apparent. I, th- I don't think it works as much. I think it kind of, th- that storyline gets lost within this film. I don't even think you really need Carrie Elwes in this at all as a villain. No, you don't need a villain. He's not even a villain. He's just, nah. he's just an asshole. Yeah. Which is which makes his death at the end. Spoiler alert: twenty year old film. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, like the fact that like he dies because he's an ant. Like you know him and they don't re- they don't again his tension between him and Bill is just oh he's in it for the money but I didn't in it for the love and the science. Yeah. And that's, you know that's why they don't and Carrie Ells took 
the uh, same schematic for the machine, basically. But they don't explain like it's like Paxton. Did you have did you have that patent? Did right. you have that? Oh, you didn't. So you worked in the same lab and probably worked on the same project together. But if you were lead on it, but you didn't decide to patent it, no, he's then that's your own goddamn fault. Yeah, you then know? he's t- perfectly fine to try and use that machine as well. Yeah. to capture his data. But I mean, but it's, other than that, it's like, was he? Did he deserve to get fucking flung <laughs> into a tornado and then shot back out and explode into Death Wish style? No. Yeah. He's just, he's like, oh, he's a dickbag and an asshole, but yeah. he deserve it. No, he didn't deserve that. It's just, it's just funny. It's like the bar for like, like villainy is like very, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, um, oh, he's a tax evader. Hang him. Co- like, draw, draw and quarter him. Like I said, though, this film doesn't even need a villain. The villain is the twisters. Like I said, they, sometimes this film actually takes the twisters and makes them look like they're sincerely targeting our characters like the one time when they drive out onto well, they, like a they, peninsula bridge well no they make they make a point of that because yeah well what happened to uh, helen hunt's father she kind of she's like look she's asking for it like i think like i think that the only reason that happened is because they're they're finding uh, you yeah know, they're the, look- tar- the, tw- the twister targeted my house yeah, yeah. and skipped all the other houses and came right to me yeah so it's it's funny it's like there's a supernatural bent to it that the tornadoes are targeting Joe specifically. And I think that's funny. I mean, I I don't really think that Twister does a great job of making the audience very nervous about the safety. events and safety that's happening because it's really hard to take this film seriously. Only two people die. Well, yeah. I mean, pretty much. And Carriels and his poor driver, who was an innocent bystander, and that just yeah, and he was just, he was just told like, no, we're gonna keep going. And the film, it doesn't really take any of the. Th- I mean, it, it it takes it almost like sappily seriously. Like, um, bad things happen to people, like Joe's aunt, but then like everything's fine, and they make jokes about it, and there's a nice little like uh, melodic orchestral score is like everything's okay <laughs> the other one guy in the ragtag group a fucking trash can comes flying at him at 70 miles an hour hits him in the head he's like oh my head and he's got like a cut <laughs> on his head that's it and they're like oh you're fine yeah and you see him five minutes later driving a fucking car it's like you probably have a very serious concussion you shouldn't be behind you, the either wheel. that here or he would have had a trepenning which is where you cut his fucking skull open granted it was the night we didn't know all you know that much about yeah. uh, concussions yet. So who? Oh, his brains are just scrapped. Let him go, you know. Yeah, we, you know. <laughs> I love his reaction to that too because he's just like, "Ow, oh, my head!" He's <laughs> just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> he's fine except for he's got this gigantic slash on his forehead from a like hubcap that just went flying into his head. Yeah. He's fine. Otherwise, though, it's just all cool. And that you know, that you know, same you, scene, though, you know they're gonna be all right, though, because the entire time they had a dog. Nah, and, yeah. Anyway, if we learned anything from Independence Day and any other '90s disaster films, like if there's a dog there, yeah, you're they're fu- okay. Chickens yeah. and horses and shit. Fuck cows. Fuck them. Got a dog there. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be okay, because we can't like Actually, that. yeah, with cows, we can even laugh at it. Like, oh, look at that cow flying yeah. across. It's going to be ripped apart in that tornado. I, I know. It's like, cow. Uh. No other cow. No, it's the same one. That's the same one. That cow is fucked. <laughs> I am so glad I'm not that cow right now. Yeah, that, we can laugh at that, but if a dog is in there, like, in a in a building Ruff- that's going to be falling apart. Ruffles. Make sure you go in there and get it. Yeah, no, no Moe's. Moe's is no, the I'm just, name I'm just kind of oh, like, yeah, yeah. like, like, 
Yeah, make sure you go in there and get that dog. Because we can't have any dogs dying on I know. She's like, okay, make sure Bose is okay. And by the way, the dog's okay. He's just sitting there like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, dumb bitch, why are you getting knocked dogs, over by that bookcase? <laughs> dog's fine. Dog's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's a, that's, yeah, back to the realism part of it, it's really hard to take tor- the twister <laughs> seriously with the tornadoes, because a lot of shit happens to these people in one day, and none of it is even, like, critically uh, damaging to them. Like, they survive a an entire drive-in ripped apart, which is playing The Shining, by the way. Lucky people at that <laughs> drive-in. I would... <laughs> Would like Which is odd, because again, it's like, like you know, just like, you know, 13 years, 14 years later, oh, you know. Yeah. It's it's pretty the weird. Sh- the, the Shining finally hit a fucking... <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're finally getting it for the first time. Um, yeah, but, like, so they survived that. They survived... Um, With everything falling on them, too. Yeah. Uh, they even shot, like, truck and, you know... Sign, yeah, literally everything just landing. Like, like oh, you almost got killed, but not quite. They uh, they drive through a twister, but since it's only a, a low level twister, their uh, Dodge Ram is not not even phased by it. Just spun around a couple times. It's cool. It's you know. You can tell this movie was funded by Dodge. This film is funded by Dodge because that Dodge truck never never really damaged. You know, at the end, when they let it go into the twister, for all we know, it could have landed. It's, like, it's, it's probably like a, fine. Like a cat landing on its, you know, four wheels and, you know. Yeah. And then all after it lands, it's kind of a little rough shot, but it's still running and fine. And you just hear Sam Elliott go, guts, glory, ram. <laughs> it's it's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure they could still run it. They don't even need that liability insurance on it. And they, <laughs> it's fine. This film is sponsored by Ram, Dodge Ram, and Pepsi. Because they use a, <coughs> a bunch of Pepsi cans. And random coffee. And, ran, yeah, and random coffee to to uh, add aluminum to their sensors so they you know don't fly around in a tw- You know what's funny? Because they probably did get paid by Dodge because they had the Ram prominently featured. Right. Her, Joe's truck that does get wrecked is a Jeep, yep. which is owned by Daimler Chrysler. I mean, not Daimler Chrysler. Yeah, no. No, by, um, whatever. By Dodge. Uh, I'm drawing a blank, but by Dodge. And then Carrie L's team, outside of his Chevy pickup that he drives, they're all driving Grand Caravans, which yeah. is a Dodge, so. Yeah. They probably were, yeah. So they're they're going against their own corporate uh, message in the film. I know, they all, he, <laughs> still funny. He's in it for the money, the one the science. The one thing I hate about. Their Pepsi can aluminum sensors. It's the, it's the it's the white Pepsi cans from the early nineties before well, they went to that terrible blue. Right, but that is a fucking terrible idea to take a bunch of aluminum and then throw it into a twister. Because if you're anywhere near that, and there's it's whipping around a bunch mm. of balls with aluminum spiky cans on it. You're that's gonna rip you apart. Nobody thought while building that thing. That the wind resistance of a ball in there wouldn't probably work out well. Like, oh, it wouldn't, you know. That or that it, it was... wouldn't, it wouldn't, like, if you had, like, if it's just a sphere flying in there, it's not going gravita- to gravitate towards the end. That you might want something like that would catch, yeah. you know, and then. That... No, no, nobody was like, they're, they're all scientists. Yeah. No, nobody thought, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, you need something to 
create yeah, res- like, wind like resistance. A, yeah, yeah. Like a wing sort of thing. Or that the machine's only like 20 pounds, so... Well, you don't need the machine. It's, it's True, you it's don't need it. It's the fact that it's just there to hold the sensors, and then it'll which, get taken up. And the, Which you don't need something that right, you don't need that. a machine like that, because why don't you just start pitching them into it? <laughs> pitching, just throw the balls in there. Just, like, stand outside and just throw a bunch of sensors in there. Like, oh, you don't need a fucking machine to do that. Bill Paxton's a telepath. You know what? When it comes to you know what they need tornado, to do? tornadoes in this, so he, he, he's like, oh, it's gonna break that way, so just, like, stand right. over here. And you know what? Yeah, you know what they needed to do instead of building that Dorothy machine to hold the sensors? Is get like a tennis a wheel, ball a pitcher, wheel, a wheelbarrow? No, t- like a tennis thrower. You know, yeah, like but a, a wheelbarrow would have been just fine. Just like have like a wheelbarrow full of sensors. That's true. Yeah. And then just okay, set it yeah. down here because this is where the path of tornado. Yeah. Just leave it there, and then let no one at the National Weather Service was thinking like, let's save a million dollars on this <laughs> and just get a wheelbarrow from from uh, no, Home got, Depot or Sears. <laughs> Actually, back then it probably would have been Sears. You gotta have this expensive fucking tin contraption that does nothing. Yeah, and they missed an opportunity then, if they were gonna use a wheelbarrow, to get in another sponsor sponsor <laughs> with uh, Craftsman. Because Craftsman, for most of their stuff, if it breaks, you can return it and get a new one. <laughs> so if that fucking g- wheelbarrow <laughs> broke because of that tornado, you just. You, you, the, you still the, have the, the last scene would be them returning to Sears <laughs> and be like. <laughs> a broken wheelbarrow. Did like, I replace this? <laughs> lifetime guarantee. Like, come on, yeah. Bob Bila told me on yeah. the one eight hundred commercial, I got a lifetime guarantee. <laughs> Can I replace this? Uh, absolutely, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're going out of business. <laughs> There's people like returning shit. Like, Dude, yeah, that, that's, it's obviously not meant. Like, well, you say it's lifetime guarantee. Like, Just, like shit. That yeah, worked in nineteen hundred. No. Doesn't fucking work now. Disclaimer: I used to work for Sears, so yeah, people return shit like that all the time. Hoses that are like fifty years old, absolutely. As a craftsman, we'll we'll replace it. It's like that's a terrible business model. If you ever wanted, like, at a certain point, they just need to come out and say, like, yeah, all the craftsman shit you that you bought, you wouldn't even need. There's a no more lifetime warranty. Well, I say not even that. You wouldn't even need a receipt because it's you, you don't. No, you don't because you, you can't get craftsman outside of Sears. So it'd be nope. like. I got this crap, like, you got the receipt. I don't need a fucking receipt, because the only place I can get yeah. it is here, so, yeah. obviously. So, the better business plan for these uh, independent storm chasers would be to use a craftsman wheelbarrow, just stick it in the line of the tornado, and then go back for it after, and bring it back to Sears to get a new <laughs> one. Saves a lot of money. Taxpayers would love you. That's right. That's right. <sighs> There's a lot of crazy shit like that. That would tor- be tor- so tor- great. Just, you know, I would I would pay good money just to watch the movie where they're just like, yeah, fuck. We don't like, oh, all our Dorothy's got this trip. We do not. Put her in a fucking wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like hiding behind a bush. Or literally anything else. It already picked up a truck. So just fill the bed of a truck with all of those sensors and just or a leave bucket, it there. A fucking bucket. Yeah. Get like an old, get an old sheetrock bucket and just like, yeah, yeah, here you go. Or... Just leave the sensors on the ground. Well, no, because then it would get scattered and... You could leave it on the ground and pick it up and twirl it. I mean, granted, if with the wind resistance, I guess maybe it wouldn't get scattered yeah. at that point. But I mean, yeah, if it was the original balls, it wouldn't just be like... I don't know. We have to save time to talk about the ending of the film, though. As, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, as they are in the middle of an F5 twister. And they... Hunker down, which uh, is the technical term for what, but they hunker down 
with, by tying a, a belt to a metal pipe. That's 30 feet underneath. We should be good. Yeah. <laughs> so this, the logistics of this don't really make sense to me because I would assume that despite the fact that the pipe is 30 feet down, the pipe's fine. That's, <laughs> that's not going anywhere. That's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is you flying off into space because you're being held down by a belt. And even if the belt didn't break, because that belt is fucking hard, made hard of, as a rock. Made out of the hardest leather ever. And then then if that tornado is like, what, like 300 miles per hour? An F5 is 300, I think, 305 miles and up. Then I would assume that you would be being ripped into it like a vacuum. Torn and asunder. And torn apart by that belt that you tied yourself to. Because if you just think about, like, say, like... Holding on to right. the belt or the pipe, yeah. you're, like... Any, t- any type of, like, holding on that you try to do, then your arm is going to be ripped out of socket. You're not going to be... You can't hold on. That's like saying, I'm going to jump off this building, but I'm going to grab onto the awning at the bottom. Like, no, you're not. You're you're <laughs> going to break your... You're going to rip your arm out, and then you're going to die as you hit the ground. In, ag- yeah. in agony. Yeah, it's not happening. You can your your body cannot withstand that. So no, you can you anybody thinking about this, you cannot survive an F five tornado. Su- it's, su- it's it is such like a nineties. Right? Yeah, it is it's absolutely. Like, it's it's a nineties thought. Like we'll just put this in here because people will believe it. Like mm, just tie yourself with a belt, you'll be fine. Oh, it's so stupid. Like, yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's comical. To say. Not only that, the fucking f- the tornado passes through them, and you got all, you see all the debris flying. Yeah, but not none of that debris that's in there. Right. Yeah. There's like ton. There's like actually they go into a farmhouse that has a bunch of like sides, just le- like sitting around sides and chains and like hacksaws that are just in that. <laughs> so that shit is all around and flying at you. But yeah, no, they're fine because they're tied. Yeah, up and to they a left pipe. the barn because like, oh hell no, they saw that and like, yeah. oh, you know, fuck that, we'll try the pipe instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... even still, that barn got ripped through. You're not gonna get, you know, like Mortal Kombat I... fatality by a scythe. Com- I guess the film would probably be a lot less enjoyable if they actually they managed to get the sensors into the tornado and they die. And then yeah, and then like they just show them seeing like the tornado coming after them, and then all of a sudden like a big piece of barn like hits them right in the face. <laughs> it's like, and then it just like fades out with that nice orchestral music and no, the black yeah. clouds. Well, they, you know what they could do is like the popular meme today, the to be continued meme. Yeah. Like, you know, like the barn, when you, cause you do see the barn fly over them, but yeah. like, like you see like the barn coming in, like then like you hear like, yes, is roundabout, like starting up like ding, ding, ding. And then like, as the barn's about to like come and hit them, it's like fade to like black and white, like to be continued, like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. Somebody do that. Somebody take that scene and turn that into, that would be fucking perfect. It would be great. Yeah. That would be great. If they just like, ended. you know, this would be another one of those candidates for holiday road, inappropriate use of holiday <laughs> road. Dri- like driving down and like the house flies past him. Did like, How did they roll? It'd be a good, good, another good one. So as they drive through the house. yeah. Oh God! Don't get me started <laughs> on driving through the house. That so we like as I mentioned. So that is the equivalent of is it volcano or Dante's Peak where they drive on the lava? Uh, it, it, that sounds like volcano to me, but I I can't be sure. But I know. Yes. Well, I know one of them. I, I, you know, I think it's Dante's Peak. I think because yeah. you see 
Pierce Brosnan doing like you know the oh, whole, like, okay. like, like the like the fake driving like, <laughs> like it was Grimace. Tommy Lee Jones and it's volcano yeah. if it's if it's Pierce Brosnan yeah. and it's Dante's yeah Peak. I, I'm pretty sure it's Dante's Peak where uh, Pierce Brosnan drives on fucking lava without yeah. his tires being <laughs> yeah <laughs> ignited and this is yeah that's the equivalent because in this one like like we said before this. We've seen that the Dorothy weighs like 20 pounds because the two of them, both Joe and uh, Bill, can lift it off of the truck no problem. They just need a team lift because it's so big. Yeah. But not because it's so heavy. Yeah. It's just so, like, if that's the case, I, if going like 70 miles per hour strapped down to uh, with like uh, whatever, I don't know what they even like, just some cords strapped down with cords, driving through a house up, up a stairs. And, and then, then out the, out other, the s- other side of it, th- th- they would look back and be like, oh, we still got that last Dorothy? Oh, no, fuck. It's like <laughs> back there in the house. We lost The it. bungee cords, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no more Dorothy. That was the last one. It's gone. Let's go home. Yeah. No, there is no way. No way. Ah, Twister. Really altering reality <laughs> with every scene. Speaking of altering reality, let's talk about how... All of Bill's gang of friends are nothing more than like glorified ass kisses. Well, that and like this is this is like we said before. This is really a a film of the time because this follows every single trope of the nineties of the nineties of nineties big budget films like this with a hero and then he's got a shit ton of friends and all the friends are just basically there. But he's the greatest person in the world. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman's job, like you don't know Bill the Extreme, yeah. and it's like who the fuck talks like that? I don't follow you around and be like, dude, you know Ryan? He's the fucking greatest. He fucked five women at the same time with a dick plowing right through them. Woo! You don't see that. But it's not just this film. It's a bunch of '90s films where like people are just constantly like. They're not like they're not just they're not characters. They're just there to talk to like the main character up. Like he's fucking great. You don't believe him because he's just kind of a joke. Yeah. But he's fucking great. I'm pretty sure they're like in this. They're the uh, equivalent of like the town bard who like just follows the hero around. And be like, <laughs> Did you see this guy? He slayed a dragon, man. He slayed just like all these women. No, come here, come here. I know you're not. You're not gonna see him be interesting. You're gonna hear other people talk about yeah, him right, exactly. being interesting. No, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, it, and again, I, not blaming Bill, Bill Paxton for that. This is the story again because that whole like whole I mean that happens throughout the film, but the one big parts when they're at Joe's aunt uh, Meg's house and they're eating fucking steak and taters for breakfast. And the most, like, glorious scene ever of just, like, it's just huge steaks and mashed potatoes and gravy. And it's awesome. But, it's, yeah, they're not sitting there like, yeah, this is quite the storm and shit. They're like, hey, yeah, Billy, he's the fucking man. Yeah. He's the fucking man. Like, you know, like, like, a really dr- like really drunk people and they're like, you know. Yeah. When they're like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Oh, he's the fucking man. That's what this is. Just, they're, they're just drunk. And they're just being asked, like, so what do you think about your friend? He's the fucking man. Not only that, but a lot of these scenes seems like, stolen from Jurassic Park. Like, if you watch some of these, men piling out of vans. Uh, Same Hel- outfits. Helen Hunt in a white tank top. This is Jurassic Park. You'd be confused. <laughs> or Which Lost- movie am I watching? I know, or Lost World, because the, yeah. the, the villains in this... Look like the fucking guys in the Lost World who are the ran- just the random guys driving around on the fucking Humvees and shit, sh- you know, tranking the dinos. Yeah. From InGen. That Vince Vaughn was fucking, for some god awful <laughs> reason, sent there to, you know, take care of them because he, he hasn't learned how to act yet and he never will. But 
Um, but yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah. Well, you're right. Which, yeah, what Michael Crichton movie am I? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you don't know which one it is. It's hard to tell. <laughs> um, the other thing Cause that is... Because, you know what, that, that actually works well, cause, especially in The Lost World. Because what's Lost World? Oh, you know, um, he sent, you know, he sends the guys down there because he wants them preserved. Then InGen shows up. The evil corporation! Yeah. They're in it for the money! It's exactly you know? the same <laughs> sort of style. There's, uh interludes where uh there's like a romantic love triangle and you get some female singer songwriter songs that break a in a lot of allison cross i was reading the credits it's allison cross yeah you know, yeah allison cross i mean uh that was in there quite a bit you gotta get that in there and if it's not her van halen yeah <laughs> some like rock or make and they make sure in the uh score to get in both swelling orchestral moments that is very like Spielbergian, like, yeah, like, like like not only that but very cheesy, like a cheesy like not even like oh I I feel like in this moment it's more like oh wow that is a really cheesy orchestral score. Like they they heard the the intro and ending for Forrest Gump like the yeah like oh because it's pretty out of place in this film like you see Helen Hunt's father get thrown into the sky and the next very scene. very disturb like should be disturbing scene and then the next scene's like this goofy orchestra score doesn't it doesn't like i said my emotions were all over the place and, and then it's... you get eric clapton on you know yeah philip seymour hoffman's just jamming out to eric clapton and then you get they van abs- halen they and... had to get a lot of guitar solos in smooth guitar and solos. then you get william tell yeah they're char- yeah, they're char- yeah, when they're charging down that first tornado, and you, yeah. one guy's playing the fucking William Tell Overture, like, it's yeah. schizophrenic. It is. <laughs> but that's, that's part of the charm. It is nostalgic. It's very much a, a 90s film. I You can point to a lot of films in the 90s made during the same time, 96, and they look and sound and feel same, yeah. all the same. Like you, like we mentioned, Volcano, nineteen ninety seven, Dante's Peak, nineteen ninety seven. It was just the time, the time for these massive blockbusters. So people will look back in like twenty thirty and be like, "Look at all those superhero movies that came out around this time. Look, they all look the same." And they're all yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I don't disagree. Well, it's funny too because at work the uh, the other day, someone's like, "Yeah, I was watching Independence Day. It's really good." I was like, <laughs> "You still th- really? You yeah. still think? Wow!" No, they were saying. They saw it in Surge and said it was crap. Now I remember. They said in Surge was crap. They're like, man, the original so good. I was like, have you seen it in a while? Yeah. I guarantee if you watched it now, you'd be like, ooh, that White House exploding in the helicopter. That looks really bad. Yeah. Speaking of really bad effects. Yeah, this has some pretty bad CGI. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the one that really, really stood out to me, although there's a lot. The the intro? well, <laughs> the intro with the, the t- twister, <laughs> the intro, but also the boat flying and just the cow like, and <laughs> the boat comes down on the on the on the pavement and like just just looks so like it bounces almost like it was a feather just <laughs> floating down. No like af- no sparks, no aftermath, just a boat, no big crash, just a just boat <laughs> smoothly falling onto pavement. As, if you can imagine a boat and just all the tornadoes, yeah, it, oh, they look bad. The the smaller twisters, yeah. Specifically. The F five does look good. Yeah, at I mean, the I, end. I think it looks. But those cool. smaller ones, oh my, oh yeah, they look god awful. Yeah, they do. you can. They did not age well. Yep, they did not age. The tech. Oh, 
seen things from Sega Saturn that look better than that. It's, it's they did not age well at all. And it's, and it's funny too because you think about it, like people are like, like this is cutting it. This is great. And you see like the technology too, like them like with their like fucking MacBook laptops, and it's like <laughs> they're a fucking huge brick suitcase, and they're like they're probably sitting like this is cut. This is Man, this is cutting edge. <laughs> pe- pe- people are going to be like, what a time. The um, car explosion where <laughs> Carrie Elwes dies, that is pretty awful. Like I said, it looks like something out of Twisted Metal. Where you like fall off the like the edge of the map or something and you just kind of explode at the bottom. Or F-Zero X, yeah. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what it looks like. It's just like a very... It doesn't happen once. just doesn't happen once either. Yeah. It happens like like three or four three, three or four times where cars explode and they look awful. Each. Yeah. his is especially bad because like, again he doesn't deserve to get like his friend who's driving the the fucking car doesn't deserve to get impaled through the head by no, a because, giant telephone pole. No. He wasn't doing anything, but he just happened to be with Carriels and he gets impaled and they get lifted in the tornado and. Basically, he'd be torn asunder through that, and then the car lands on the ground and it's in the background. It's not even like cl- like a close up explosion; it's just like in the background. It's like a terrible like like Photoshop type explosion. Yeah, poof. It's pretty bad. It's awful. Hilariously awful, but it, it's awful. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet? I think we got everything. I think we talked about everything that was really sticking point. Yeah, outstanding about <laughs> Twister. Um, as I said, though, like as we wrap up into like our rating, I still enjoyed Twister. I think it's I think it's fun to watch. I think it's like it's humorous, probably in- unintentionally. Um, but yeah, I mean, for a nearly two hour movie, I didn't think it was. It's a very smooth watch. Yeah, I didn't think it was horrible or anything like that. So for people returning to I haven't seen it in a while, yeah, you're probably going to laugh at it. You're probably going to laugh at the age of the effects and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you're going to say on a, on a Fuji scale. Yeah. One out of ten, what are you going to give it? I'd give this probably a six and a yeah. half. Yeah, it's not... Um, I honestly didn't... I thought going into this, it'd be like Independence Day. It's like, oh, God, here we fucking go. Yeah. But it's not that... I mean, I still find it to be fun, even though I think everyone is terribly wooden in this, outside of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I think is the most enjoyable, and Helen Hunt, though I don't think her character is that good. And so I think only Philip Seymour Hoffman is the only really enjoyable actor in this, because you can tell he's having fucking fun yeah. doing the role. Um, the story's stupid. There's a lot of fat to it that you just don't need to have. Like you right. said, you don't need Carriels there. You don't need this love triangle that doesn't go anywhere. Um, you could just have it be about like a strange wife and husband, and they meet back up, and they end up in a day where they're fucking chasing tornadoes, and shit happens. Yeah. Um, but I do still think it's fun, even though, like I said, I, even though Bill Paxton, God bless his soul is terribly wooden in this. I still think he's fine and enjoyable. I think I still think he's enjoyable. And again, I don't think it's I don't think it's fault. I think it's the direction because again, as I said, everybody is fucking terribly wooden in this film. So, and I don't know the director's other works either. I've never heard of them before. No, Jed Debont. No. So, but yeah, I still think it's a 
just like a fun, just a fun, uh, fun disaster movie. Yeah, and it looks like um, Speed? Jane DeBont didn't really? do a whole lot. He did do Speed and Speed Two, um, which is surprising to me because. I mean, maybe if to be I, fair, I guarantee yeah, we watch Speed now. We're just gonna be, we're gonna be like, hey, Jeff Daniels, a little bit harder oh, to. Oh uh, hey, um, oh hey, Dennis Hopper's in it. But more than that, he's more known for like his cinematography. He did Die Hard, so The Hunt for Red October. Yep. So that's kind of interesting. I just didn't. I didn't know. So he hasn't. Re- he didn't really do that much in terms of uh, actual film direction, but he did do Speed. Which we have to do at some point. I'd be down just because of Jeff Daniels and Dennis Hopper. <clears throat> I would give it a six on the F scale. Um, I think it's pretty fun to watch now, but like I'm taking points off because of the realism of it. Of I, I don't like the plot that much. I think it's a little too complicated with things that it doesn't really need and doesn't really follow through with. And obviously, it's also because of um like just some of the effects that don't really hold up now um and also the i think the unintentional humor detracts from what twister really wants to do which is make tornado scary i mean maybe at the time it was pretty scary be suspenseful and yeah scary and suspenseful but like no i know like going through just even a microburst that's pretty pretty scary i mean it's pretty sc- you don't really know what to expect especially in our area where we don't really get that many tornadoes or huge storms um but in twister it doesn't really seem so tense as it is just kind of goofy so i think I, that it loses points for that as well but well you got like the scene with um at the movie uh drive-in they're like uh, Bill Paxton like yelling to everyone, "Get down in the shelter now!" And like they wait until the last second to tell the kids running the popcorn stand, yeah, yeah. who were looking at the twister the entire time. They're like, oh, we've been through this before. Yeah, yeah. whatever. It's just a twister, and they don't react until he's like, "Go now!" They're like, "Oh, now we gotta." Yeah. Now we gotta get down. Yeah. Um. Does this make you long for? Movies like Volcano and Dante's no. Peak. Do you want to like go? No, go I'm not a bit, those now? I'm not a big fan of disaster films to begin with. Yeah, I'm not either. I think, really, because I think they're all kind of the same. Well, that that there's it's a limiting genre of film. I yeah. mean, because no matter what you try to cram in character and plot wise, uh, the spectacle is the, the disaster itself. So, yeah. um, it doesn't really matter what you're doing around, you know, character and. Plot-wise, because, again, it's all going to come back down to yeah. what's the main disaster. I mean, it's like, like with Godzilla. Godzilla's fun because you want to see Godzilla wreck some shit. And then it's just them putting Godzilla into different things. True. Yeah. You don't give a shit about, like, the only oh, humans and all that. You know, kind of, you don't give a shit. You're just like, let's, sort of yeah. see, Godzilla. let's see Godzilla do something, knock a building over or something. Yeah. Yeah. So... All right, so that's our celebration of Bill Paxton. Uh, I'm sure we'll do more Bill Paxton movies in the future. Frailty being one of them, oh, one of, one of the definitely his, want to do that. Yeah. yeah, one of his best films. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to like Aliens and stuff too. But uh, just wanted to say, um, you know, sad to hear of his passing. 
and uh, we wanted to do an episode for him. So here it is. <laughs> um, so I think it's time to move into administrative duties. Um, Boom! I, I always do this. I know it's annoying. Least, Shut us off. Well, at least you're not that person, you know, who does stuffing that. it in the beginning of the and in the middle and in the end. Yeah, that's true. Well, I saw you on like with YouTube videos, like, hey, this is your guy, your bro, so you know, so and so here to tell you about the newest thing coming to Battlefield One. Uh, stick around. We'll tell you first. You know, to talk about that it goes on for ten minutes. And then what the information he actually wants to tell you is just like the 30 second clip of like, we don't really know yet what's going on, but hey, make sure you, this is your bro, make sure you like, you know, yep. it's like, shut up, no. Yeah. I fucking hate that. That happens way too much. But anyway, um, <laughs> and we're not that podcast. That's right. We are on iTunes, which is probably where you're listening to us. It's the most popular thing to listen to podcasts on, but uh, make sure you subscribe and give us a review. Um, any four or five star review would be great for us uh so it helps us get noticed helps us make more episodes so uh we appreciate if you can rate and review us and subscribe as well um we're also up on facebook facebook.com slash blowing black rum podcast you can like us on there and um you know you can speak to us uh, discuss the the films that we cover uh so hopefully you'll join us there we're on twitter at blood and black rum and there you can like and follow us and uh you know also have post any discussion that we have on there. Um, we have an email address. It's blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. Um, send us any of your movie requests. We'll try to make that happen. And any other discussion that you want to speak to us about. And also um, make sure that you check out our Patreon page. We're patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast. Uh, there you can subscribe to us and help fund the podcast by donating to us. And that is a monthly donation. So whatever you donate, it will come out automatically every month. Um, you don't have to donate. We do this for free. But if you can help give back to us and you know help fund some of the podcast fees, then we would really appreciate that. Um, so for those who already do subscribe, thank you. And uh, check out any of the, the uh, perks that we have for subscribing. Other than that, um, Blood and Black Rum Podcast is over for this week. We'll be back next week, I think, with the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Is that what we're doing? Yep. All right. So we're doing... Unless somebody else dies. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we we hope not. But, yes, uh, if someone else dies, we may do it. If it's a... Cuba Gooding Jr., we're doing Snow Dogs. Oh, boy. Cuba. I always, I always, Cuba. Said, that, I always said that because he's had a career resurgence with... Uh, People versus OJ. That's true. Cuba, don't die, please. Uh, anyway, yes, we'll be back next week with The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. So catch us next week. Take care.